Welcome to a Rocky Star Podcast. I'm Brian Argot. This week on a Rocky Star Podcast. Welcome to a Rocky Star Podcast. I'm Brian Argot. Today on a Rocky Star Podcast, I uploaded the episode with myself and Ken Griffin, who is a card shop owner in Evansville, Indiana. He and I both talk sports and we talk some sports cards. He's the sports card expert and I am the more sports expert, I think, in my opinion. Uh, He may beg to differ, but, uh, you know, we love talking sports and that's why we do this every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube Live or I I upload the episode later on in the day. I hope you guys all enjoy this episode with myself and Ken. Uh, How you doing today, Ken? (laughs) Doing good, man. Thanks for... uh getting with me as usual or usual weekly pod this is cool man it's like therapeutic and you know we get to talk sports what's not to love about that heck yeah what's uh what's big picture for right now what's going on in the sports world today oh you know man well in sports the biggest news and we'll we'll dive right into it it's definitely been and and the nba we'll start there uh jamal murray uh denver nuggets you know shooting guard and star is now out for the season right three weeks away from the playoffs man and that injury looked pretty gruesome too. I mean, he was really, he was not doing well. Oh man, I it was just, it was a weird game. I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure you saw the highlights of it. Uh, uh-huh. you know, Chris Curry set the record uh, for yeah. the Warriors scoring past Kareem. And you know, it's just, it's a sad thing, you know, to take away from a night that you know, like, is supposed to be celebrated because mm-hmm. you know, it's such a big accomplishment for Curry, and he went off in that game. He scored like 48, I think. In the, yeah. the first three quarters, it was really yeah, lucky. it was unbelievable. But then I mean, like, you know, I'm a Curry guy. Like that's my that's my modern guy. Like I give all the modern players. Like I I think investing in Curry makes more sense than even investing in Zion, which Zion numbers are starting to get very very much like you need to pay attention. Like this is the changing of the guard. Right, and <laughs> and I just think, let alone whether if it's Zion, yeah, Curry is definitely outside LeBron is is the guy I'd rather own even over Durant mm-hmm. you know especially the oh 100% the news that went on with Durant like last week it, that just turns me off I actually sold his rookie card last week I, that I had I just you know yeah. it's just distasteful um, but yeah definitely Curry you know very likable especially a lot around all the younger people and, and when he goes off like yesterday I mean that's like <laughs> it's just it's so fun it's like watching a video game man literally well, it's interesting because, like, when I was growing up and playing pickup games, we would, you know, shoot a big three, and we would yell Jordan. Yeah. When you were a kid, what were you guys yelling? You weren't yelling Jordan. No, I, right? it was, I think, and I wasn't a big was, Kobe guy, but I, it was always people yelling Kobe, for sure. Yeah, it's Kobe. And now, if you go to a playground, it's Curry. Right. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, if a kid throws from half court, he's like, Curry. Like, they're not, they're not yelling Jordan. They're not yelling LeBron. Like... It's 100% Curry. Right. He is the culture. Yeah, no, definitely, especially, like you said, pop culture, he is the guy. LeBron is the face of the NBA, but Curry's been yeah. the, the guy that the kids love. Oh, for sure. But, but yeah, before we get into Curry talk, let's uh, talk how the Jamal, in, Jamal Murray injury really is going to impact the Nuggets. I mean, what was he averaging a game? Do you have that? He was averaging, no, and I'll pull it up right now. His averages were a little bit below on what he did in the playoffs because in the playoffs last year, he was a monster. But um, I know he was a pretty good three-point threat, though, wasn't he? Because, I mean, it, they basically had Jokic underneath and then him that he could kick out to, to to kind of spread the defenses thin. It seemed like every game I watched, you know, it was either Joker has the ball or Murray, and they're setting him up screen for Murray, and he could just drop threes on you. Yeah, exactly. I he definitely he started off the year really slow. I just think people really expected him to, including myself. I expected him to come off strong. I thought in the yeah. playoffs last year that this guy just took a leap, like you know, Donovan Mitchell yeah. leap. But uh, he was averaging twenty one points this season. Uh, not not bad. Four assists. Yeah. Uh, but definitely a big part of their playoff run mm-hmm. last year, and I was going to expect for this year. I mean, you know, and that team is pretty deep. You know, they picked up Aaron Gordon too. I don't think they are going to be a you know shove when it comes to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be the powerhouse that I expect them to be now that Murray is out. I would definitely feel more comfortable if my team drew them first round now. 
Because yeah. really, I mean, you just you double team Joker and you're probably okay. Uh, easily, yeah. I mean, well, you know, Joker's still a big threat with the ball because of his passing ability. But I mean, just taking away Murray from the three point line, that's going to be huge. And yeah. yeah, I think the Nuggets are definitely going to be in some trouble now because. Where do you make up that kind of production? Michael Porter Jr., I guess, maybe he could step up. That would be interesting. Maybe Aaron yeah. Gordon turns into the guy that a lot of people are were expecting. He's still pretty young. I think the guy's 26 years old. So, uh, you know, he could turn into maybe a tw- uh, make up some numbers there for Murray. But just missing his presence is going to be huge. I still feel like he's a post-up player and a drive-the-lane player, though. Like, he's not going to give you those three-point production. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Joker's so strong on the offensive boards that he's a threat that if he gets an offensive rebound that he's going to kick it out to Murray for a three. Now that that's gone, those threes become twos. Yeah, and then just the overall play selection just changes now. Right. Yep. They're, they're definitely going to be in um, you know, some trouble when it comes to the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, I don't see them making a run at all without Murray, but we'll see. Stranger things have happened, you know. And they, they still, their team is deep though, so that that is why I will won't count them out just yet. But yeah, losing Murray is definitely huge. Let's let's uh, talk about the, what we were just talking about a second ago. Curry, man, um, you know, passes Kareem yesterday for most points ever uh, for a, the Golden State Warriors. And you know now I think he probably owns every record that comes to shooting yeah. for them. He's just, I mean, he's such a complete player and. Again, you know, we only know the persona that he shows us, but it seems like just a solid dude, man. Good family, NBA family. You know, I mean, seems to have fun with the game, which to me is the most important thing, too. Like, I want to see guys having fun, you know. I mean, there is a place for your Draymonds and your Andre Drummonds and your KDs and your Kawhis who kind of play with almost like aggressive thugness you know they're just out there they're just mean mugging dudes and cussing at dudes and there's a place for it i guess but i want to see curry man i want to see guys out there having fun and and i think that i think the thing with curry is not only the fact that he what he gives on and off the court but just like i think we kind of take it for granted now you know i think 2015 16 he was kind of on top of the world People, I, I don't think he's ever been a better player than LeBron James. LeBron James is the best player, I think, in the last just every year going in. I would take LeBron. But Curry's definitely right behind him because of just, I mean, you saw it last night 48 points, three quarters. I said that earlier, but it's just that guy could go off for 10 threes at any point. Yeah. And, he, can, you know, he can drop 30 on you in a quarter. Like, that's, he's a scary dude. And he, he's definitely the, you know, if you're, we're talking about like this past decade of whose card I want to own, it's definitely Curry. I mean, and if you look at like his finesse on his shot, it is one of the prettiest shots ever. I mean, it, yeah. it's to the point where when he releases, he can turn around because he just knows. <laughs> that, that's what he did yesterday. When he, I think when he scored the 48th point, he literally yeah. threw the ball up and he just turned because he already knew it was in it. He was in that much of a zone. I mean, have you ever in anything that you do because, you know, this is something I research a lot that kind of gets into a little lifestyle mix here. Being in the zone yeah, and being in, like, the upper echelon of your ability and talent in anything you do, doesn't matter what it is, you you feel it. It's palpable. There, There's only one other shooter that I've ever felt like that could be in that zone, and that's definitely Ray Allen, who I'm, I was a big fan of. I loved Ray Allen. I mean, it, I, yeah. I, I think he had the purest-looking shot ever. I mean, definitely Curry is a you know, better three-point shooter, I would say, just he could just do more. Uh, but, you know, I think Ray Allen, I think we kind of overlook him now as being – under. I, I think he's underrated because people think of him as just a three-point shooter, but that guy was a scorer, yeah. especially with, when his early days, man. In Milwaukee, that guy was just awesome. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But uh, – Yeah, he's I'll, kind of a second-tier guy in the hobby. You don't really hear about him. Nobody that I know PCs him. Like, no one's out here like, oh, man, I hit a, a Ray Allen auto. Like, it's very odd. Right, yeah. And I, I think his uh, – I do like I do like his cards. Like long term, I would probably collect some of them and hold on, because he is the second greatest three point shooter of all time. It is. Uh, I put him in the category almost like a Reggie Miller, crazy talent, but no one really cares in the hobby. Yeah. I mean, from a hobby perspective. 
I mean, if you look at stats, Reggie Miller should be a, a heavily collected guy. Ray Allen should be a heavily collected guy, but they're just really not that much. You know, there's some dudes out there paying big money for their, their ultra high end, of course, like anything. Yeah. But you can buy a Reggie Miller rookie for twenty dollars. Right. And it's a nineteen eighty nine card that's hard to find. That that's that's true. I guess you know you don't really think about it. Yeah, because also Reggie, another thing is he he didn't win a ring, and I think in basketball yeah. more basketball more than anything, you know, you're always judged on how many rings you have. Do you think there's any scenario where also because his sister Cheryl Miller was almost considered a greater shooter than him even i mean obviously wnba doesn't translate to nba stats but it's almost like he also wasn't even the best player in the family so like he's never gonna attain super hobby value yeah i I don't think it's that i really think it's because he just never if you know maybe if they would have tried to you know to be a little bit more competitive against the 99 2000 lakers uh maybe they would have but you know i think they got pretty dominated in that series and you know that was a hell of a team, too, though. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're talking about a pretty, pretty stout lineup to, to go I mean, up against. I mean, Shaq was insane in that series. And well, and honestly, on the Pacers, who else did he really have to help him that year? Like, Jermaine, my God. Like, Jermaine O'Neal and J- Jermaine Jay, O'Neal. Jalen yes. Rose. But yeah. that, that was it. But yeah, Re- Reggie, great player. And Ray Allen, same thing. You know, great player. Just like from a card perspective. I would rather own Ray Allen over Reggie. I think. That's fair. That's fair. Do you uh, did you see the quote that he recently did about if Jordan would have called him to make a super team? No, I didn't. He literally said if Jordan would have called to make a super team because somebody asked him about like these super teams they build every year now. You know the Nets are assembling, etc. He yeah. said I would have hung up the phone and cussed him out. I I, be- I believe it from from a time but I think that's day. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was back then. It was a one-star team, right? I mean, even like the, the, yeah. the early Bulls, it was Jordan and then his the guys that helped Jordan win. It wasn't, I, you know, it wasn't a bunch of stars. I don't think Jordan really had. I mean, Jordan won some tough titles, but I don't think the. I think what LeBron's done against these other teams and doing it on different teams and just different ways has been harder than what Jordan ever had to accomplish. I just If he wins a title this year with the Lakers, coming off the injury, him and AD come back, is he the greatest of all time? I think he's already the greatest of all time, but yes, I think he's... I, I do. I just, you know, Jordan had Pippen his whole career. I'm sorry, he did. Pippen... He had know, a great he, number two. Great number wanna, two. People want to, you know, downplay Pippen and say he wasn't great, but the guy was still was an all-star when you know he almost he was in the mvp talk when jordan went to baseball like when he led when he led the ball he was in the mvp talk i mean that means something pippen was a reliable number two all his career with then jordan had rodman he had some deep teams but i'm not dis i'm not discounting anything that jordan did he's definitely up there i mean he's you know the face of basketball for the longest time i just i just think lebron is slightly better than him that's just it Yeah, I also think LeBron has had more talent around him, though. In different ways, Even than Pippen. Yeah. In different ways, I mean, it's still hard to do what LeBron's done. Literally, LeBron took the 07 Cavs, took them to a finals. Beating that Detroit Pistons team, who... That was a a tough one. That was definitely a tough one. He beat them single-handedly, although he got swept by the Spurs in the finals. No one was beating that Spurs team that year. Um, Is a healthy AD top five in the league? Yeah. I mean, yeah, top you know, top ten for sure. Do you think Pippen was top five when it was Jordan Pippen? I mean, you could have made the case. I mean, I, I, I think the league back then was a little bit more uh, center dominant. You know, I mm-hmm. that's the thing is, I think LeBron has played against way tougher competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, it how, is a tougher how, game now. How bad of luck was it that in two thousand fourteen fifteen? LeBron is, you know, first year back with the Cavs after leaving the Miami Heat, or uh, maybe it's the 2015 season. Uh, he goes into the playoffs. He has a healthy Kyrie and, and Kevin Love. Then they both get hurt. Yeah. Man, it's just it's such bad luck. And then he's going against the, you know, the the first year the Warriors won. They're, he's up three to two or two to two to one in the series, and then they lose like three straight games. It was just impossible. LeBron and that, you know, it was literally like having the 07 Cavs all over again for him. 
Deladova, that was like his next best player yeah. on the team, man. Yeah. It was really sad. Yeah. But but literally LeBron had them, you know, in competition against that Warriors team. And then the then the next year, you know, uh they they end up then the next year they end up beating that team uh, with, with the healthy Kyrie and love. And then the following year, again more bad luck. KD decides to jump ship and go play with so it's like, man, LeBron's had some bad luck and and to literally go to different teams and build these, like I think that's just far tougher than what Jordan had to deal with. So if you have to pick right now who wins the NBA championship this year, let's put it on record right now. You pick, then I'll pick. Now you don't get to put any caveats in. You don't get to say if, if LeBron and AD are back. Like just based on the information you have right now, who's your NBA champion if you're picking? You know, I, I just still don't think that anyway. I still think LeBron's the best in the world, so I'm gonna pick LeBron. I'm just I'm going to give a sleeper and say that I think the Suns turn it on and win it all. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, because I, we don't I'm, know that LeBron's gonna, coming back. I'm going to laugh at you all the way to the bank with that one. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, I, I mean, it, if I was a wagering enthusiast, I might have got good a good price. That's all I'm I, saying. I, I thought you were going to say the Clippers. I think the Clippers have the second best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, I think Vegas agrees with you. I personally, I want to see a sleeper team. I want to see the Jazz. I want to see the Suns. Like, I want to see one of these like kind of more young talented like but i'm also a big booker guy man like i think booker is next level you, you know sleep wanting to see a sleeper team win that, that's great but we're talking about reality here and i think in all reality if I lebron think, doesn't come back and ad doesn't come back the lakers will not advance i i, I think that if they don't come back to Form and they get put out. I think you're going to see in the West. I either think you're going to see the Jazz or you're going to see the Clippers. I don't think the Suns are going to be in there. I just don't. I mean, the Suns handled the Jazz the other day. Yeah, they did. But uh, you're going to watch. I, Chris Paul always gets hurt in the playoffs. I, mean, I know. I, I cannot see him not getting hurt. He's hurt every time. I'm rooting for. I want Chris Paul to win a ring. It would be fun to see them do it with the Suns. Great for them that they do. But I just don't see it. Either I'd love to see Booker catch one too because I think I honestly I think Booker's top ten in the league if you actually look at stats. Oh, for sure, St- the stats. But he, impact player. Yeah, and now he has a team. Now he has a player because they did needed Chris Paul to really bring the yes. team together. Because Bo- yep. Booker is not there yet. I think he holds Booker 22, 23. Yeah, he's really he's he's young. Yeah, I, yeah, he's like I know he, he got drafted like when he was like eighteen years old. He's, 2015 yep. draft, so he's probably... And they got Cameron Johnson, too. I mean, you know, I think Cameron Johnson's probably going to be more of a six-man, but, I mean, Cam yeah. Johnson's a dude. And Aiden's played in there very well with, you know, Chris Paul, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they definitely have a, a shot, but I I just don't see them winning it. And I think, we'll coming, I think coming out of the East, I think it's just Brooklyn. I, I You know, Giannis... If they're, is, hel- if they're healthy, though. Giannis Brooklyn is, worries me. Yeah. Well, so so does Milwaukee. Giannis is hurt right now. He yeah. has a knee injury. I don't like when big men like him have knee injuries. I just don't. And the same no, thing. No, it's terrifying. The same thing with the Sixers. You know, we've already seen uh, Embiid go out with the injury. Like, yeah. is he going to be able to handle seven game series back to back? That scares me too. That's why I'm. I mean, going... putting it in. So, like, in your field of work now as a personal trainer, I mean, I'm sure you've seen guys get injured. I'm sure you've known people in that field who've had injuries. When you're carrying a frame like an Embiid or a Giannis or even a LeBron, like even those are super athletes, like is the rehab harder on a guy that's going to carry a 250, 260 frame? Well, for LeBron, he's an alien, so I can't put him in the same category as the other guys. And, you know, I think for someone like Embiid, who's already just had a lot of injuries, Giannis hasn't had a lot of injuries. Um, his body type just scares me because he's just really so skinny. It's like, you know, kind of like a Durant who's just really tall and lengthy. Like, when they get hurt, like, that really worries me, especially when it comes to leg injuries. That's just one yeah. thing, you know. But, uh, you know. Even Giannis, when Zion got hurt, right? Yeah, and Zion's a big guy. He's like a, yeah. you know, he's a really big guy. So, like, yeah, that definitely scares me too. But Zion's proved to be healthy this year. And Giannis, you know, he hasn't had any major injuries yet. And so, I mean, who knows, like, how long this will keep him out. Like I said, I just think those kind of injuries do scare me, especially for, like, an MB type. That does scares me, for sure. Do you buy into any of the uh, conspiracy theory that LeBron actually wasn't hurt and that he uh, 
played up the dramatics of it to take a three-week or four-week, whatever it's been, vacation before the playoffs because he already knew they were there. No, uh, LeBron. There, there's, won- some, there's some people circling that, but I mean that's just the LeBron haters, probably, right? I think so. I mean, for the people that really think, for for the people that think that it's really a joke because first of all, LeBron wanted to win the MVP. I mean, and he was on track to win the MVP. He really, you know, he doesn't have many years left at this level. So I think you know mm-hmm. this was one of the years that he saw that. He thinks he got cheated last year. I don't think he did. I think he was very close, but wasn't going to win it, the numbers. Well, let's transition to MVP talk. If he comes back with three or four weeks left, I guess three weeks, and dominates, we're talking, you know, 35-plus points a game, and they put up Ws across the board. Is he the MVP? I mean, some people will surely make the case for it. I don't think so. He's already missed too much time. I, I so you think at this point, is it is it a slam dunk for Joker no matter what, barring injury? I don't think it's a slam dunk for Joker, but I think he's definitely the runaway favorite. And I think now, with Harden being out and Giannis being out, I think Donovan Mitchell is the second guy. Mm-hmm. Going back and just looking at everything, I think Donovan Mitchell is the second guy for the MVP. I like. So do you know, because I actually don't know this, do they take postseason performance into consideration for MVP, or is it sort of like baseball no, no, where no. they award they, before? It's a regular season record. Yeah. Okay. So, award. even if Mitchell went on to win a crown and get a ring and put up forty-five a game, it's kind of irrelevant. It's what he did in the regular season that they judge it on. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's there's been talk there's been talk about this always where there should be a playoff MVP, but no, it's it's definitely a a regular season award. Uh, so, See, I feel like it doesn't make sense for it to be a regular season award personally because yeah. again. What do we what do we care about? We care about wins and losses, right? Like at the end of the day, if you're making your team win, like playoff Rondo should be an MVP, right? He's playoff Rondo. Like if he gets you there, uh, yeah. I mean, he he could you could make the case that he has a great playoff run, but it's just different, you know. Over 82 games, like who was the best player in those 82 games? And you know, like rightfully so, we've we've seen it before where the best player obviously gets put out, and you know, Giannis is a great example of that. He's been put out both times back to back years after winning the MVP. And I've got a sleeper for you then. If we're saying best player regular season and most impactful. Are you talking about for MVP or for playoffs right now? For MVP? Uh, who, who There's this say? guy named named Zion that seems to be really impactful and is heating up right now. Yeah, he's heating up right now, but he, his the the team is just so inconsistent. I, I just don't see. Does it matter, though, if you're, if you're the most valuable player? Can your team still be trash? No, you see, like the the way the the way the writers and stuff see it is how consistent, and some of them do get caught up on hype. I do think they do, but I think that just from start to finish of the season, that team has just lost some weird games, um, and they just haven't been consistent all year. Do so, you feel like if he was to average thirty five a game from now until the end of the season, though, that you have to kind of look at him? I mean, those are big stats. You would definitely have to look at him, and I think you would definitely get some MVP, like third or third place votes. But yeah, it's just it's a year that's wide open. So you, so who's your pick right now for MVP? That's Joker. I mean, and Donovan Mitchell's yeah. right behind him. If and, uh, Joker gets injured, if he gets injured before the playoffs, is it still Joker for you, or do you hand it to Mitchell? I would give it to Mitchell. I mean, for what the Jazz have accomplished, number one seed, that guy's been he's been amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would, and definitely car talk. His stuff is very underpriced. Yeah. I I, I, lo- I love his stuff. I got some. I got some of his rookie cards. I go out and buy some Donovan Mitchell cards because I think his stuff is awesome. It's such so. I also stuff. think he's more of an offensive player. And to me, I I look at Joker more of as a defensive player, just like I look at Giannis as a defensive player. Joker puts up points. He does. I mean, was he twenty six a game? Like, I mean, he he puts up points, but. In the same breath, like I look at that guy as he's my rebound guy that kicks it out, and now he's not going to have Murray to kick it out to. But I don't know. I don't look at J- Joker and be like, "Man, there's my offensive juggernaut." But if I look at Donovan Mitchell, I'm like, "That's a guy who can drop 45 on you in real short amount of time." Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell, I just think he's made a leap every year, and I like players that make short spurts every year, like just consistently get better. And I think Donovan Mitchell, you know, this will be his third straight year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this team around them now is kind of clicking on all cylinders. I think that Donovan Mitchell yep. can make a you know make a deep run to the playoffs. I'm kind of excited. 
I'm a little biased too because I just wanted to see him do well. Uh, but with with uh, Joker, I just think uh, the numbers aren't there. I think he's averaging uh, a little bit less than that. I mean, he's just so good with the ball. He sort of mm-hmm. rem- like as a passing big man. I mean, he kind of reminds you of Duncan, like just where yeah. he just pass the ball and just that ball movement. And he finds the open player. I but yeah, missing Murray is de- definitely going to hurt that team, and I think can you know make them drop a few games for sure. I don't have the stat, but I think he may lead the league right now in getting his own rebounds too. That there's that a piece of me that thinks he gets his own boards more than anyone else right now. Also, I can see that he's definitely you know one of the top big. He's fans. a presence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Presence under the basket, right? I mean, he's he's a, a dangerous fella if he's within two feet of the basket. Yeah, uh, by by any means, because he's just so he gets so creative with the ball. Like, I just think, you know, with uh, basketball IQ, that guy yeah. is easily, especially in the next, imagine two two or three more years under his belt. I mean, that guy's going to be moving around like Dirk and I'm not saying he's going to be shooting like Dirk, but like how he can be with the ball. But yeah, I mean, man, it's uh, pretty impressive. Let's uh, let's shift here. Let's go from NBA. Let's talk some baseball. Okay. Let's, Big uh, sale, huh? Huh? Big sale in the baseball world. No, uh, A-Rod. actually, well, yeah, A-Rod did make a big purchase, and I guess we could, you know, transition that. He bought the Minnesota Timberwolves, and, uh, you know, I think $1.5 billion uh, in, in the contract that, that he can't move the team. A lot of people are already speculating that he would move the team to Seattle, back to maybe yep. creating the Sonics. That would be interesting. I, I, don't, I don't want them to move that team. If any team gets moved, I would want it to be Oklahoma City or something and just take it back to Seattle. Or maybe they start yeah. another team. Because I think the Minnesota Timberwolves, they, they have a, they ha, I know they don't have much history. They haven't won a ring or anything like that. But, you know, it's just, it's such a great city to have a sports team. They, um, they've had some history with Kevin Garnett there and all that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, congratulations to A-Rod. I still don't like him as a baseball player. <laughs> I mean, cool. You good businessman, I guess. I'm glad he didn't. Apparently, buy the apparently, very good at the business, yeah, and he glad, seems to do well. I'm glad he didn't buy the Mets either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lot. Although, honestly, like you guys could use a cash infusion or something, man. Like my God, buy a pitcher, buy some relievers, man. Fire everybody and just start over. Oh my God, that team has been. They, they well, they missed another game yesterday because of due to weather. So it's like they their season has just been thrown so out of whack. The first opening, mm-hmm. the first opening day uh, weekend, COVID with the Nationals, so that was gone. So those three games were rescheduled. Then you had two rain delay games. It's like we started the other the other day. Marcus Stroman two outs into the game, and then they call the game. They say rain delay, and then it's rescheduled. And then the same with yesterday, just rescheduled. So it's already been like five games already this year. <laughs> Only three weeks into the season. So when they restart a game two and zero, that's two and zero. Do they or two to nothing? Do they start it with that score and that inning, or do they start from scratch? No, no. I mean, it was just two outs only in the game. It's literally. Oh, okay. I thought outs. you were saying the score was two to nothing. Okay. No. Usually, usually, like if uh, it has to be past five innings. Yeah. For it to them to determine, if not, then they would go back and still replay the game as a doubleheader later. Got it. But but, but yeah. But you're, uh, you still feel like the Mets are going to be over 500, though, right? Uh, yeah, I do think I do think that. But but before before we talk uh, some Mets, we'll finish talking about uh, a Rod. Do you like this purchase for a Rod? You... Um, I think honestly, like I'm not a a Rod fan because of the PEDs. But if you take away the PEDs, man, the guy's got a lot of swagger. He played, you know, one of the best teams of all time with him and Jeter on the Yankees. I mean, do he do was you... always number two. Do you like, do you like his cards? Would you have a? I saw one of his rookie upper deck cards selling for about three grand. PSA nine, PSA ten. That. So I think his ninety four upper deck SP has always been grossly undervalued, even before any of the PED stuff. Because the thing about a Rod is, I think, and it plays into it. He's culturally relevant. He's a good looking dude who played for the Yankees. He dates supermodels. He's on Shark Tank. Yeah. 
he just made a one and a half billion dollar purchase. He dresses slick as can be. Like again, he I think he's culturally relevant. You're gonna see him a lot. He just didn't fade out of baseball and then he's gone. Like that's gonna be a guy that's on TV doing analysis. You know, him and uh, Pete Rose did an analysis of a baseball game one time that I watched. And the guy knows baseball, man. At the end of the day, he knows baseball and he knows business. He only dates supermodels and J-Lo. And, I mean, I think it's going to – he's going to be around. I think he's a guy. You know, would I pay 3K for a PSA 9 SP? No. Right. Would I buy a RAW for 15 bucks? Probably. If someone gave me an A-Rod 94 upper deck SP, I would sell it in a heartbeat. Jeez. Is it just the PEDs or is it just him as a person? It's the PEDs, man. He lied. He literally just yeah. came out and lied. I remember it was 2013 season. Like, he remember the whole uh, thing, in, the whole thing in Miami, or was it in Florida, whatever, with the doctor? I can't remember the whole story, but man, just like that, his mm-hmm. second time, just you know, God, he's just he's such a cheater. Uh, like, so do you feel the same about like Bonds, McGuire, Canseco, like all those dudes? Because like, I mean. McGuire stood in front of literally Congress and was like, I'm not going to answer that question. Sorry, no, I won't answer. No, I just feel like what they did when they did it in the the time, they just didn't know what they were getting themselves into. A Rod knew what he was doing. And he did it twice. Oh, for sure. He literally just lied. And like I said, he literally got caught, you know, before he, you know, wasn't punished for it, but then literally came back again and, and just lied about it. Just, yeah, just. Not a fan of that. Like Robinson Cano, who plays for the Mets. I I hope he just I hope he retires. I just don't want him on the Mets. I hope they cut him. Just eat the money. Yeah. I, it's just another player who who's now suspended a, for a whole year because now this is his second yeah. his second time. Really, just yeah. He said Sosa for forget English. Uh, Zach Blanchard. No, he's like don't yeah. forget the. He said, uh, don't forget to uh, include Sammy Sosa in that mix. But, yeah, yeah, you know, that, that happens when uh, when you're getting pressed for something that big, I guess. Suddenly you don't remember, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of steroid guys. But anyways, like A-Rod is definitely a guy that I just don't want to own anything, for, especially for cards. Uh, but, so using yeah. that as a metric, though, that are you going to feel the same way if eventually the Mets got a Correa? Uh, yeah, because I, I don't believe that. Correa would. I, I just think it's different. I would never own a. I wouldn't own a Correa card. I know I probably said that before, but like looking back at it, I just don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. kind of card. Like I wouldn't want anything to do with Altuve or George Springer cards. Like, you know, yep. their values will go up. I, I believe Correa's value is actually going to drop next year when he signs with the new. Well, team. and it does seem to me like a lot of collectors and investors have already walked away from those guys. And I think we talked about this before. It's really hard to get them back. Even Bregman. I mean, people look at Bregman and he's kind of like, you know, the, the kid that everybody, you know, feels like is a gamer, but man, he's on that cheating team. And if you're a cheater, you're a cheater. I, I feel, I feel like that team actually succeeds. Like they did it last year. They went, you know, they made it to the, almost the ALCS. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like if that team can you know, go back to the playoffs. I, I feel like they can probably play their way back, especially if Correa and Bregman just do really well. You know, they're now they're because a lot of people are going to be like, well, maybe it wasn't the cheating. And I, I don't think it fully well, was the cheating. But That's what sucks. It's like they seem like they're so good. That's right. And they, they played so well together that if they wouldn't have cheated, they may have still got the World Series. The problem is you won because you cheated. That's how it's going to be associated forever. It's... You know, and again, let me ask you this. Is a player taking a PED or an enhancement or HGH, is that on par with what the Astros did? No, I think Which Astros, is worse? Uh, what the Astros did. Uh, yeah. 100%. I don't think they can give Altuve MVP no matter what he does, just because he's going to always have a, like a black mark on him in baseball. Like He could literally have a triple crown season and not win MVP. I don't think that baseball wants to align themselves with Altuve no matter what. Yeah, I you know if he if his numbers do stand up to like what he did what he's done in the past, I mean, uh, I mean they would definitely consider him. I think, I, I you know I, I don't think they're gonna. I think the, some of the writers, especially we know baseball writers, they they don't like to include anybody into the hall of, the hall of fame. They they're very like stifflers. 
I think they will look past Altuve and probably will give it to somebody else. Yeah, 100%. I don't see Altuve being able to do it no matter what he does. Yeah. I don't care what his production on the field is. He's always going to be looked at as he's part of that little clique of, yeah. nah, you're lucky to have a job. No, and he, well, he was one of those players, too, when the cheating happened. He was like, you know, he was just very adamant that they didn't do it. So, yep. Yeah. And uh, he was, they also, they never yeah. said sorry. So that just, that's just very distasteful. And I kind of, you know, I'm one to kind of forget what has happened because obviously with the years past, you know, just kind of forget things. But, well, and it's also like, I mean, you know, as somebody who's studied a lot of psychology, there is a group think issue here. Altuve may have 100% not wanted to do this, but if the entire teams do it, management knows about it, you know, and they're telling you this is what we're doing, and then they and they justify it where, you know, well, it's kind of Bush League, but it's not technically cheating. It's not technically, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're on the team and everyone's on board, even if you're like, man, this seems morally wrong, you're probably going to follow your team, and that's where you're in a bad spot. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, but every other team does this. They're always looking for ways to, you know, get a, an yeah. handsaw in the game. But it's just it's just different. They were literally timing what – if you know what's coming at you, it's just I don't care it, in real time, and you're doing this day in, day out in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much evidence against them. And, well, even if you and I went back in my backyard right now and you said, Ken, I'm going to throw you a slider or Ken, I'm going to throw you a fastball, I'm right. going to hit the ball at a better rate knowing what's coming. Right. Yeah. Even if it's .01, that .01 may be the difference between me winning or losing. Or the ball's going to hit you in the face at a better rate <laughs> because I, yeah. I, my pitching's not very good. <laughs> really? I'd have, figured, I'd have figured you'd have had a nice like 75, 80 mile an hour. Yeah. Probably yeah, I was never very good at pitching, but um, <laughs> I can hit a softball like eight miles. It's pretty weird. Oh yeah, no softball's fun. That's di- that's different. I can, yeah, I can, but I've got fat guy strength too. I, I could slow. I could hit a slow pitch uh, <laughs> softball. Not too bad. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I I don't know the the Astros in general. I I think they can play their way out of it just with because I think success. And we saw this with Mike, Michael Vick. Michael Vick, you know, he played his way back from the dogfighting. People forgot the Eagles gave him a $100 million contract. I, You know, we even saw George Springer. He just got paid, you know, by the Blue Jays. Kind of forget that. You know. I'm going to give you a phrase, though, in sports and investing that I think is really important. And it's comma, but. And what I mean is if the Astros win this year, and it's like, hey, man, the Astros won the World Series, comma. But, yeah, that's still the team that cheats to win, so who knows what they did this time. There's always going to be that seed of doubt. Like, what did you guys do this time? Yeah. And I, like I said, from a hobby standpoint, I don't want to touch anything with them because long term. And I, I like to be patient on card hobby. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we saw the overreaction with uh, Tatis, right? You know, his, his stuff, we dropped, I think, when we – when we were kind of talking last week, we thought the injury was much worse. And now he might yeah. be back in, I think, about a month. So, But see, those are interesting times to, if you believe in Tatis, which I'm going to withhold how I feel about it for the purpose of the conversation, then if you see him drop 30%, go buy everything. Like, have a stash of cash for, if you believe in a dude, go buy everything. You're right. Like, if you believe LeBron Chrome should be 30,000 for tens and right now they're pretty down, buy everything. Yeah, and then Zach Blanchard brought up the, he says, yep, when he does help people forget, the Patriots are a great example. Even though Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever, uh, the winning does kind of subside that. Well, I mean, even in sports, like we want, we, we, we champion for winners, right? At the end of the day, who got, you know, third place in the NL East last year? Do you know? No. I mean, no one cares. If you're not first, you're last. You know, it's it's so weird because even if they cheat, like, and again, you know, the Patriots, I think, are 100% guilty of a lot of things in the sporting world. And I think other teams do things, too. Everybody's looking for a shortcut. Yeah. You know, you find that in any aspect of sports or even any aspect of investing. You know, if if your buddy called you tomorrow, I was like, "Hey, I think Bitcoin's going to 80k or 80k a coin," and I know why. Here's my analysis. You might go buy some Bitcoin. You know, that's your you got a little edge. That that's true. Yeah, you're you're gonna 
look at it, you know, different even if you, even if you're not a believer of it. Yeah. Uh, there, there was one player I wanted to talk about because uh, the team's actually doing well. Is the Cincinnati Reds? You're not a big fan of this player. I am. Who? Uh, Joey Votto. Are you talking? You're talking about the Cincinnati I'm talking, who? I'm talking about uh, Joey Votto. You know, man, his his uh, stats. He hit a monster home run yesterday, so I kind of want to talk about this player because I th- believe he's just been so overlooked in the past decade. Guy came into the league, 2007 rookie. Batted 321 then. Here, let me give his numbers. Going on all the way to 20, going to all the way to 2018. So 11 years of consistency. So 2008, 297, 2009, 322, 2010, 324, 11, 309, 12, 337, 13, he hit 305, 14, he, he missed a lot of games. He only batted 225. He only played 47 games that year. 15, 314. Uh, 16, 326, 17, 320, 2018, 284, and then 2019, he hit 261. This year, he's only hitting 177, but in that he's had a he's had a one home run this year. It was a monster yesterday, but it just it just sort of reminds you why, wow, man, this guy has been one of the best hitters of this past decade. I know we talk about Pujols, and we talk about a lot of these players, but Vado, man, where where you at on his uh? Yeah, you're saying he has no rings. When, when, when it comes to baseball, man, rings are different. It's not basketball. Oh God. So for those you have to understand are, he's in the he's in the division against my team too. Yeah, well, we we put bias aside here on the show. With, I I'm don't. Not, I'm gonna tell you now. The Cardinals are the greatest team in the division, and everybody else is garbage. And the Cincinnati Reds like to fight, so they can they can just go away. Okay, from, but from a even if you're a Red Sox fan, you still respected Jeter. You still thought Jeter was okay. But Votto, he's dominated against your team, obviously, because you see guys see him all the time. But those numbers stand out. You want to, you know, you want to talk about Yachty and all this. Like Yachty, fantastic player. Yes, he's won rings. Hundred percent. It's so hard to win a ring in baseball. We talked about this before. But Votto, I mean, would you go out and buy one of his cards? Like you look at some of his cards. Would you have a zero, zero out of ten? Zero out of ten. You, you wouldn't want to touch any of his cards. Um, I actually bought a collection. I bought a store uh, like four months ago, and it had like ten Votto one hundred one autos, including some like really high end uh, rookie autos numbered low, and they sold for minimal. I mean, that's the other issue. He has no hobby respect at all. He's a production guy, but he a hundred percent is not loved in this hobby. You can buy a dynasty, which is five hundred a pack. Right. Patch auto numbered out of ten with a sick patch for a hundred dollars. Yeah, I guess it's just... he's he's not he doesn't have any hobby love, but he also plays for a team that doesn't win. Yeah, the, they're not a threat team, to win the division. When that team was winning, when they had Johnny Cueto, this was probably like yeah, what when God, <laughs> I remember like eight you, years ago. Yeah, I remember when it was like the Cardinals, the Cubs, uh-huh. and, and you guys all won ninety games in one year. This is like twenty fifteen, yeah. I believe. But man, it was a unbelievable year. Well, I believe every year since sixteen, my division a hundred percent with the Cardinals, they cannibalize each other so much. We trade wins so much between the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates, the Cardinals. Like it's just they all trade wins. Usually it's the Pirates getting kicked in the teeth. And it used to be the Reds were our easy wins too. Yeah. You know, the Reds have come up. But in the same breath, like the Reds do something very strange. Any young talent they get, they dish off right away. Like if Aquino's good, he'll get dealt. It's real weird. Yeah, no, and that, that's true. They they will – I mean, I think the Reds are trying to build something here, so I don't think he's going to get dealt right away. Uh, you might see like a Lindor situation later where he's in the final year of his deal and they're going to be like, oh, okay, we need to trade this guy away. I've just seen it so many times where like somebody shows a flash of greatness with the Reds and then he's gone. Not Joey Votto. <laughs> that's that's kind of who they they keep around. But at the end of the day, they, is they, he going to be the one of the best players to never win a ring? Yeah, I do think so. He's been one of the. If you go back and look at the top twenty player or the top ten players of this last you know twenty years, you got to put Votto in there for consistency. I mean, I just laid out eleven years of where you almost batted over three hundred. Like that is that's like Chipper Jones. Good. It really. What's his WAR? Can you pull up? Can you pull up his WAR? I can pull up his war uh, one moment. I'm just very curious what his wins above replacement are. Um, uh, uh, 
I don't see it here on baseball reference. Uh, go look somewhere else. I'll get back to you with that stat. But de but a, definitely a player that I that I, I like that I like over time. But in, even the the Reds have the Reds have played have uh, paid players. They've you know they even had Brandon Phillips back in the day. They didn't want to pay Joey Qua or uh, Johnny Cueto. They didn't want to pay him. That's why they I think they ended up uh, shipping him off. Forgot, forgot where they uh, shipped him off to before he got traded to the uh, or before he got signed by the Giants. So Joey Votto's WAR is sixty point four. Yeah, for his his career total and, is seven point six. Yeah, which is yeah. good. That's really good. I mean, I mean, Trout's seventy five point one. Yeah. So I mean, his production's there. My here's my question from a card standpoint because everything that I deal with always comes back to investment and card side. Right. What does Votto do to get a bump to where his rookie card doubles? He has, to, he has to get traded. What does Votto do? He has to get traded and go to a team that, like the Dodgers, and win a ring there. And that's. But as much as as much as the Reds deal dudes, it doesn't seem like he's someone they ever want to part ways with. Like he could end his career there. Well, that that's him too, though. He said he doesn't want to get traded. I remember this. He's came out a few years ago. Mm -hmm. He's like he just wants to stay there. He's a he's a hometown guy, and I I totally respect that. Yeah. He, he's gonna be. I do as guys. well. It's just investment wise. Buy Trout. Yeah. Don't buy Joey Votto. Like, what's your benefit? Yeah. If you're yeah. buying, again, a big bat that's never going to get a ring, go buy Trout. It's yeah. more money, but it's safer. Yeah, definitely uh, Trout's a, the guy that you want to invest in this past decade and going forward. Well, and let me let me pitch this to you. Votto's career is going to end at some point. Okay? Is Votto three years after retirement – even discussed anymore or does he fade away i i think you're going to have a chipper jones like effect i like i know chipper jones again he won a world series he won one but he also played you, on a team that was heavily fan loved whereas i don't believe the reds have that the red I, stadium doesn't fill up yeah but I, I think you will still see respect around baseball like even with chipper like his stuff you kind of forgot about him very fast. Even when he retired, mm -hmm. I think that was the 08 season he retired. I mean, yeah. God, you forgot about him quick. He reminds me of a Jeff Bagwell. Super production, decent player, but who cares? Are you out buying a Bagwell? No. But, like, but will Votto make the Hall of Fame? I do think he does. Yes, I think he yes based on production. Based and on make, production, yes. Making the Baseball Hall of Fame is not easy. Make it, make it. It's not easy. They are very. They are definitely the hardest stifflers, which I hope they calm down a little bit. But you know. We'll, Do you think Mattingly should be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, it's he's he's really like short alive. career. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really short career. I think he gets in as a manager. I do. I, I talk like about I think his, he will get in. He's just not getting in as a player. Yeah. No, I think he will get in as a manager. Uh, do we have any other baseball talk to get to get through? I know we have a. Um, I'm gonna give my buy of the week. I think if you like Tatis at 30% off market, buy it. I will tell you that I'm not buying any Tatis stuff. Yeah, I just. What, I think these players are so high right now. That just doesn't doesn't. I'll tell you my my person I would be buying right now because I just think he is kind of creepy in the hobby. This kid, this kid, literally the kid, I'm telling you, is transcendent. It's been a lot of years since he retired. Griffey is old now, and he is still, if you pull an auto of him like we did this past week, everyone's excited. Yeah. He's got, you know, the sweetest swing in baseball. Macklemore, the rapper, made a song about him, which is amazing. If you watch it and don't tear up, I don't believe you. Um <laughs> If you if you love sports and you watch that video, like it'll get you. Um, and, I just think Griffey stuff is so good, and he is the Jordan of that era from the nineties. Well, he was he was going to be if he stayed healthy. I mean, definitely yep. be the best. Probably go down to one of the best players in baseball. And he he is definitely one of the best players ever to play. But uh, you know, he was the Trout of that era, pretty much. 
A hundred percent. And he played with such swagger. And again, it goes back to the Curry effect. He looked like he was having fun. Exactly. Yeah. I like guys who have fun. I am an anti-Cubs person because I'm a Cardinal fan. But you know who I really like? Anthony Rizzo because he plays like he's having a good time. Yeah. I like Anthony Rizzo. And I hate that I like him. I wish he was on my team. But <laughs> I like the guys that have fun, man. And I think that matters. I think in a world of so much just like negativity and social stuff that's going on, we need to see dudes out there smiling. But that's why a lot of people like um, – that's why people like Ronald Acuna and Tatis so much is that because they look like yeah. – Tatis hit a home – or not Tatis, Acuna hit a homer the other day. I think it was against the Phillies. And, man, it was a monster. The bat flip was awesome. It was just like – but, yeah, man, it just looks like he's having so much fun on the field. That's why people yeah. dig him so much. And I think also the Braves already have, especially like guys my age who grew up in the 90s, yeah. we're ingrained to, even if you're not a Braves fan, to be like, man, the Braves, like they used to be the one, two, three punch. Like they had the best pitching in baseball and some decent bats, and they were a threat every year to win. We'll get back to uh, some card dog. I'm going to pull up my card. You already pulled up your Griffey card. The card that's on my desk for today yeah. is my, one of my favorite cards that I have is my... Albert Pujols in Ichiro card. It's a Pujols nice. rookie year card. It's not the Chrome. <laughs> it's not the uh, Chrome card, but it's still a really fun card. I really enjoy it. It's uh, the, one of the tops. I assume you know this, but it's also Ichiro's rookie, right? You know yeah, that, right? For, for his for his uh, baseball, yeah. Not, but yeah. I mean, I would love to have a, a top Chrome in that. That'd be awesome. That that thing yeah. goes for a massive money. But I'm gonna keep that card. I really. Do like I think Ichiro is definitely one of the most underlooked players of our this last twenty years. Talking about uh, Joey Votto, but definitely Ichiro. I mean the hit. Yeah, for sure. I think definitely the best hitter we've ever seen. Um. Yeah, I think he was. He's up there for sure, and his speed was unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. That because he actually he was running before he made contact. Like he had such a weird first step. Yeah, I, man. I, I love the way he bats. It's just. When he hits it, man, it's just, it's just so awesome. And when he hit home runs, that was even better because it was so rare for mm-hmm. him to hit home runs. But it was really fun. And I think I think, and I don't like the Yankees, but when he went to the Yankees, I think it was really fun to kind of watch him in a big market like that. Oh yeah, because you know I think players got people got to see the the great side of uh, Ichiro before he actually retired. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a fan. I think it's, you know, and I like anything from 01 because of Pujols. Obviously, you know, that was a big Cardinal rookie, so I'm, I'm a fanboy there. Um, I think Pujols stuff's underpriced. You know, yeah. go look up Pujols. If you go look up Pujols' war, it's it's very high. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very high. Let's get into our Lifestyle Talk of the Week. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, for me, my Lifestyle Talk of the Week is, I think, tracking and food journaling is really important. Um, I'm starting to do more of that, even though my diet is pretty, pretty easy. You know what I mean? Like as somebody who eats a carnivore diet, I, uh, if you don't know what that is, I only eat animal products and I don't do dairy. Um, so what that means is basically steaks, burgers, uh, the occasional hot dog, though I'm trying to move away from that. I think the nitrates are messing with me. Um, chicken, chicken wings. Um, I don't fry them though. I do them in the air fryer. So I'm not eating fried foods or anything breaded like that. Um, lots of lean meats, uh, elk occasionally. Um, so for me, my lifestyle tip is start writing down at a minimum your macros. You know, that's going to be your calories, your fats, your proteins, your carbs. And see how you feel. Like if you if you have the extra time, write down what you ate for the day. And then just just get a little blurb. And, and I, I have a little uh, practical as well for that. Download an app called MyFitnessPal. Yep, I use it. It's and great. That's a great way to track all your foods. And they have... 100%. Really, they make it so simple to where you can plug and play to see how many calories and stuff you're adding in there as well. And it's a good way to track your water intake too yep. because you can literally just hit a button and it adds that you've had another eight ounces of water. Um, I'd found the other day cause I've been tracking my water. Um, I did 166 ounces, which is, is heavy, but when you're on a, a, a super high protein diet, like I am, right. um, I get a lot of muscle aches, especially in my calves. If I don't hydrate well, um, I'll have muscle spasms. Like it's brutal. 
Um, but I just think tracking your macros, and I will give you an example, just because I literally have it next to me. This was mine from yesterday. Here we go. Okay. So I don't track carbs because my carb intake is zero right now. I'm doing a thing um, where I'm taking in zero carbs for about a month. Um, usually I would take in like three to 10. But just to give you an example, every time I ate something, which I had one, two, three, four, five, six feedings, um, and that could be a meal or a snack, I just write down for me the calories, the fat, and the protein. Because what I'm trying to do, and again, this is just me, I'm not a medical professional, I'm just somebody who's done this diet for a long time. Um, I really want my calories to be 2,200 or less a day. And again, that's all animal protein calories, so like, and fat calories, so I'm not taking in any empty calories at all. And I want my fat and my protein in a perfect world to be exactly synced at about 175 each. I want 175 grams of fat and I want 175 grams of protein. And if I'm going to deviate at all, I want my protein to be just a little higher. So yesterday totals 2,000 calories on the nose. Total fat was 168 grams. Again, that's all animal protein, all good meats. And total protein was 182. So my protein was a little higher because I did a New York strip instead of a ribeye or a porterhouse. And then the New York strip had 91 grams of protein, so that kicked me over a little in protein. Um, but again, I'm at 168 fat with 189. So, I mean, that's 80% fat. And my calories are coming heavily from the fat I'm ingesting. Right. And what, what would normally be like your your actual, like before you got on this diet, what would you normally be tracking? So if we would go back years ago, you mean, or you mean right now? Right now, before you started the no, no carbs. Um, no carbs, it would have been like probably 2,200 calories, 120 fat, probably 150 protein and like 30 carbs. Okay, so that gives people perspective on what, what you yeah. changed actually from, yep. from before to now. To I've increased the lean meats and I've also increased the, I've added bacon, more bacon in, so I'm getting more fat from bacon. Okay. Um, I think for me, I feel better when my fat number is really close to my protein number. You don't want to go just straight up lean protein and no fats. You will feel like just absolute crap. I mean, there's just no way to say it. Like, yes, you're eating a carnivore diet, but you will not feel well. You have to get fats in. Yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, 100%. That's your energy source now. And I struggle with that because I don't have a gallbladder. I had my gallbladder removed many years ago. So fat digestion for me was really, really hard. Um, I used to be like unable to do 60 grams a day without just being bloated, you know, even to the point of vomiting. Now I can do 170 grams if I do at least that much protein as well. I also find do not eat a huge bomb of fat in one meal. Like I know guys who are carnivore who are beasts and they'll literally eat a big stick of butter and just bite it. You know, like for me, I don't do that That'd to get so my nice. fats in. Yeah. So unhealthy I mean, in many different ways. And it, and it is in some different ways just to get your fat in. That's not, I mean. Yeah. I want most of my fat, if not all of it to come just from animal sources. Like I said, I don't do dairy. Um, if my fat is lacking and the day is almost over, I will sometimes do a tablespoon of uh, of butter just to get a little extra fat in. Yeah. But even that, I don't really like doing that. Yeah. And my why would you not for the week is why would you not set a small goal that you could set for at the end of the day? Like I failed my small goal yesterday that was eating all cardboard. I, I had a turkey sandwich without even you know knowing, man. It was just like... It's like my natural thing. My Monday, with my Monday client, I you know eat like a turkey sandwich because they're they're nice and generous and they make it for me and I yeah. love them for that. But uh, it was like my Monday thing. But today I'm setting that goal. That's my uh, small goal for today: eating a carnivore diet, very much more manageable because uh, you know I'm just at home most of the day. But even even that, you know, it's uh, my goal for the day is I gotta get up and I gotta exercise for 60 minutes. That's another small goal of mine. But start the day with uh, some small goals. Some stuff that can be accomplishable, you know, in the morning and in the evening, you know, it's make sure you hit those goals, whether it's moving, whether if it's, you know, finishing your homework, do stuff that, you know, is going to start your week off, right. 
that you could when it comes to towards the end of the week especially if whether that's friday saturday or sunday however you like to enjoy your days off uh just so you have most of that busy stuff done that you could thank yourself for later um, and there is one more note before we do finish up here you wanted to remind me or to remind you of what is going to happen with vintage here and then in the yeah so years. i am a big proponent of vintage baseball is the best investment in sports cards um it's not as sexy it's not as easy to double your money on vintage um because the price is already so high the issue becomes and it's, it's i posed this to you yesterday when we were just bantering if i said brian i need you to go get me a 1968 tops mickey mantle um and i need it in an hour where where are you gonna go like the card shops are all closing up they're all moving towards breaking because breaking's lucrative man it's just yeah you can go to ebay and you'll get it in a few days but the notion of just go get a card go get a vintage card is so hard that I feel like it's just going to keep ticking the prices up. And the other thing, like the benchmark guys, like your Mantles, your Clementes, your Mays, your Aaron, the guys that from the 50s that we kind of identify as the greats, Ted Williams, Stan Musial to a degree, um, they get put in PCs. And, you know, exactly. they're not available anymore. And that is what's going to, I think, end up, like you said, driving those prices more to be where they are. And I think it's not only for vintage baseball but i think it's to be for like for even some vintage football and some vintage basketball yeah. too vintage basketball starting to see some some i think you know record sales especially like the bill russell rookie etc right. but yeah. and the bird magic's finally getting the respect it deserves but vintage football has never taken off you can still buy a jerry rice rookie pretty cheap you can still buy a unitas for a couple hundred bucks and like a psa2 yeah even, uh, even like the montana the that, that draft year, Montana, Elway, Marino, rookies, like PSA 9s, you can buy one for like four or $500. Yeah. And I mean, you can go to card shows and find those raw. Yeah. Like I was at a card show a couple of weeks ago and there was raw Montanas out there for 80 bucks. Wow. That's a really good deal. Yeah. You know, Jesus. Yeah. But hey. I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago. You could buy Jerry Rice's for 25. They're a little more now. Right. But you can find a Rice for 60, 70 bucks at a card show. Yeah, I think I think now they're definitely catching on. I think in a few years those are going to be probably some hot ticket items for sure. Well, and also with raw cards not being able to be subbed right now, yeah, I think to a degree you're going to see raw prices drop a little bit because it's less exciting to buy a raw card because now you've got to sit on it for three months before slabbing. I think that's for some people. I think is also it can go up in other ways too because all you can do is buy raw, especially yeah. You know, if it's the only thing on the market, there's there's that too, right? Exactly. I mean, we, we see like, as an investor, I'm less likely to buy right now. All right. Prime example. If I do a break today, because the break I have up now does have prism in it, 2021. And we hit a lamello silver. Right. And whoever hits it messages me and like, hey, Ken, we hit that lamello. I don't really care about basketball. I was in it for, you know, just the chase, whatever. What will you pay me for this lamello silver? In the current state of PSA, my offer is less than it would have been if I could just sub it one day and get it back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. it's just, it's, it's definitely going to be for me as someone who invests in cards a bit, I'm less likely to buy a really high end modern raw card, but I'm probably more likely to buy a vintage baseball card right now. You're right. Yeah. Vintage baseball all the way. It's like, it's just gone up over years. Yeah. It's going to take you a while, but who cares? Sit on the cards, be patient. Well, and, I can tell you that when I lost 38,000 on Jarrett Stidham, <laughs> I gained 100K on Mantle in the same time period. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it, it for me, it's almost like a hedge against taking risky shots. Exactly. So for example, if I went out today, you know, Bitcoin hit a, a high today. If I go out today and put 100K in Bitcoin, but I also went out and put 200K in Mantles, I may have just hedged against if Bitcoin goes back to 30. And you know, those, those mantles are, even if the hobby just slowly goes down, you know, a little bit, you're still going to see those peak on those mantles. I still believe, and again, it's it's easy to say this when you when you have a vested interest. I believe that the hobby is still very much in its infancy of what this is going to be. Yeah, 
It's, it's, because it's again, I, I see my brakes filling so fast. You know, it's I see new people all the time. They're like, "Oh my god, you do cards?" Like, yeah. I, oh my gosh, I used to collect. I want to get back in. What do I do? Yeah. Like, and then tell people what you do. We're gonna wrap up here pretty shortly. Tell people. Yeah, right on. So, if you go to Facebook, you type in the card shop Evansville. We run breaks every single day, seven days a week, no days off. Um, we usually start in the morning putting up breaks. As soon as one fills, we put another one up. And I usually go pretty hard from 10 a.m. Central to about midnight. Um, I do that seven days a week, except Sunday. I do take a little time off for the fam, usually end around 7 p.m. But we run baseball, basketball, football. We run combo breaks. The claim to fame we have that kind of got us on the map um, is we do a lot of retail and hobby, which allows us to do $35 a spot breaks instead of these crazy high $250 a spot, $300 a spot that the big boys do. We don't want to be the big boys. We want to be the common man that can, everybody's got 35 bucks. If you want to be in this hobby, come join a break, all hardship. You know, we just, we want to cater to the new people, you know, and my inbox is always open. I probably get 70 messages a day. People asking card questions. I answer all of them myself. Um, 20 plus years in the business. Yeah. 20 plus years of doing this. I've got a wealth of information. I, I share it freely. Ken, thanks so much for your time. Like always, brother, I'll uh, see you next Tuesday. Guys, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, A Rocky Start. That will be, This episode will be going up a little bit later as well. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys back uh, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you, guys. All right, man. All right, Have a good one. Until next time, brother. I hope you guys all enjoyed that episode with myself and Ken. If you guys do want to go back and check out the full episode, go to our YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, actually, where the episode is uh, posted and you can check out the cards that I pulled as well as some of the cards that we showed. He showed the Griffey rookie upper deck and I showed my Ichiro and Pujols rookie card from 2001. So, uh, so cool. I love doing that kind of stuff because it's a lot of nostalgia and we just get to go back a little bit and talk about some older players or some you know cool stuff that you guys might be interested in as well of you all enjoyed this week's episode on the show please don't get forget to subscribe to the podcast leave me a rating and review that helps grow the show you guys all have a great day thank you